So, Missionary Enterprise, Missionary Aid International, once again in association with Zoel or Zoel Embassy, Port Harcourt, Nigeria, Africa. This is day two, part two, regarding the anointing, pneumatology, lordship of the Holy Spirit. Great titles. So, let's begin today with where we left off uh, the last part, not yesterday, but the part, uh, part one, day one. Regarding the question asked by the sister about my comments regarding the human body and sexual intimacy or sexual sin as Christians, and these are the verses I was referring to on the first part regarding 1 Corinthians 6. Let's look at that, 13 to 20. Let's start with 13 to 14. Food, mm, food, 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 <laughs> uh, is intended for the stomach and the stomach for food, but God will finally end. Mm, and the functions both of and bring them to nothing. The body is not intended, is not, is not. What do we not understand about not? <laughs> and, and intended for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord, um, and the Lord for the body to save, sanctify, and raise it up again. And God both raised the Lord to life and will also raise us up by his power. 15, 16. Do you not see and know that your bodies, oh yes, my body, I got revelation of that after I got born again. My bodies are members of Christ. Am I therefore to take part of Christ and make my parts of my body parts of a prostitute? Never, 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 never. Mm. Or do you not know and realize that when a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her, or him, because we have male prostitutes, unfortunately, the two, it is written, shall become one flesh. 17, 18. But the person who is united to the Lord becomes one spirit with him, shun immorality and all sexual looseness. Uh, any other sin which a man commits is one outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body against the body of Christ, against Christ himself. 1920, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives within you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. Got to get that. You were bought with a price. So then honor God and bring glory to him with your body. Yes. Note, as I had mentioned yesterday, or part one, anytime someone engages in sexual intimacy, they are doing so with their physical body. Therefore, in doing so, they are doing so with a part of the body of Christ involving Christ, the Spirit himself, since their own body is part of his body. And this is basically one of the key reasons why the Apostle Paul is so against any type of adultery or fornication, and so am I. Mm. If you are having sexual intimacy with someone you are not married to, you're committing the act of adultery with his own body since your body no longer belongs to you, but belongs to him. And this is why we have, this is why we may have a double negative in the Greek in 1 Corinthians 6.15 regarding the words never, never, some translations have, God forbid. Note, all of this should be read in context with chapter 5 and chapter 7 
as well as in context with Ephesians 5.28-30. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. King James, New King James, majority text, get it. Receptus, Texas, Receptus, receive text. Other translations, other uh, Greek texts don't carry that, and they should. Shame on you. Note, in verse 28, Paul is telling husbands, when they see their wise body, they need to see it as their own, and this is based upon Genesis 2.24. And all of this is said in context with verse 29 and 30, which has to do with what we just read in 1 Corinthians 6 regarding our bodies not being our own, but His. And verse 30 puts emphasis on this with the words of His flesh and of His bones, which is based upon the majority text also found in Genesis 2.23. Imagine, just imagine this, using the Lord's body to commit adultery and fornication. Some Christians may think when they sin, the Spirit leaves them or closes his eyes and comes back once they are done. Far from the truth. Now, let's move on with the teaching for today. Back to what I said uh, on the first day, we have the original creation, and then we have the fall of man, which is the fallen creation. And within the fall of man, we have what is called the Old Testament. Uh, regarding Old Testament saints, and of course, the Gentiles. And something that we need to understand is that the Old Testament saints did not have access to the Spirit of God like New Testaments do. Not one Old Testament saint had the indwelling Spirit. Not one of them. Not even one. Because they were not born again with the new nature since the Incarnation. The cross had not yet taken place. I'd like to move the stand up if possible. The Old Testament saints began with Abraham, with Abraham being the first Jew, that's better, being the first Jew, making the transition from what? From a heathen or pagan, Joshua 24, 2, to a believer in the true God. Most Old Testament saints or Jews did not have access to the Spirit of God, unless they were a prophet, etc., some distinguished gifting during Old Testament times. The Spirit came upon certain judges, warriors, prophets in a way that gave them extraordinary supernatural endowments or powers, yet He could not dwell in them since they did not have the new nature or recreated Spirit, which was needed for the Spirit to dwell in. Old Testament saints were still basically sinners. Until the new Adam showed up, no one had ever known God as their father. No one, like zero. Regarding the Spirit, same Spirit found in Genesis, coming upon certain people for God to get His work done, we have, for example, we have Joshua, Numbers 27, 18. The Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, son of Nun, a man in whom is the Spirit, and lay your hands upon him. Othniel, Judge 3.10, Judges 3.10, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he judged Israel. He went out to war, and the Lord delivered 
Kusha, oh boy, Kushan Rishatem, King of Mesopotam Mesopotamia. Mm. Don't spend much time in the Old Testament. Into his hands, and his hand prevailed over Kusham Rishathem. Fame. Then we have Gideon, Judges 6.24. But the Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon with himself and took possession of him. And he blew a trumpet. No trumpets here. And Abiezer was gathered to him. Then we have Samson. Judges 13.25 and 14.6. Uh, 13.25. And the Spirit of the Lord began to move him at times in Mahanehedin, the camp of Dan, between Zorah and Eshtal. And then we have Joshua, uh, Judges 14.6. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and he tore the lion as he would have torn a kid, a baby, baby lion, or a baby goat, whatever. And he had nothing in his hand, but he did not tell his mother or father what he had done. Then we have Saul. Poor Saul. <laughs> 1 Samuel 10.10 10, When they came to the hill, behold, a band of prophets met him, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and he spoke under divine inspiration among them. That's before he uh, did what he did and what he shouldn't have done. So note here, Spirit that came upon these men and women is the very same Spirit that lives on the inside of you and me, if you're born of him. That's very exciting. Therefore, there's no reason whatsoever for any kind of failures in the church and in our lives, ministries, and most, if not all, the giftings found in the Old Testament are found, uh, Old Testament saints are found in the New Testament as well, and even more so. There's so much more in the Old Te New Testament. We even have a reference to the Spirit striving with sinners, Genesis 6.3 which is perhaps related to his work in convicting people of sin, John 16, 8, 9, New Testament. Most, if not all, the miracles performed in the Old Testament were performed by the Spirit of God, but also by God's angels. Psalms 103, 20, Bless the Lord, you as angels, who excel in strength, who do perform his word, heeding the voice of his word. Note, angels are well able to cause the miraculous to happen, causing the impossible to become possible. We also know that these same angels were extremely active during the ministry of Jesus as well as the early church, and so must they be in this present age and hour to get the work done. Note, uh, another key reference to angels is found in Hebrews 1.14, and not are not the angels all ministering spirits sent out in service of those who are to inherit salvation. Hello, that belongs to us. Note, the Lord told me himself a few years ago that his spirit and his angels were my two greatest allies, and both of these key allies are put to work in the very, very same way, by faith, by speaking God's word and promises. What about Hebrews 11? The great faith chapter, some of the great exploits by Old Testament saints by the Spirit. So let's look at some of these, all right? All by the same Spirit and also by angels, I believe. Even though there's not specific references to angels and the Spirit, we know that God's Spirit and God's angels are 
the performer of his word, promises, whatever, prophetic words, urged on by faith. Hebrews 11, 29, 30, urged on by faith. The people crossed the Red Sea as though on dry land. Love that. But when the Egyptians dried, tried to do the same thing, they were swallowed up by the sea. Do you think God was going to let them get through? Come on. They didn't have to go. They didn't have to go. He could have let them. They could have let them go. Is that what Moses said? Let my people go. That's right. They never did. You reap what you sow. Because of faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. I don't know if they fell on anybody, but anyhow, <coughs> after they had been encompassed for seven days by the Israelites. 31-32. Prompt by faith, Rahab, the prostitute, was not destroyed along with those who refused to believe and obey because she had received the spies in peace. And what shall we... And what shall I say further, for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel, and the prophets, 33, 34, 35, who, by faith, subdued kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, promised blessings, closed the mouths of lions, <coughs> extinguished the power of raging fires, escaped the devourings of the sword, out of frailty and weakness, won strength, and became stalwart. Wow. Even mighty and resistless in battle, routing alien hosts. Women received again their dead by a resurrection. See, that's what I said. Resurrection. I said that in one of my teaching. Resurrections was nothing new with the resurrection of Jesus. It's that, that Jesus was different from anybody else who had been raised from the dead. Others were tortured to death by clubs, refusing to accept release. Uh, so that they might be resurrected to a better life. Note, in verse 35, we have resurrections, and many think, oh, this is it right here. <laughs> and many think or thought that resurrections were reserved only for Jesus, but this is not the case, because even during his days, Jesus rose many from the dead. But what makes his resurrection stand out so special is based upon who and what he was, as in God's spotless lamb, as well as everything else that took place and was accomplished at the cross regarding the plan of redemption, the plan of substitution, justification, all of that. Bore was made to be sin with our sin, including our disease, sickness, poverty, and even went to hell in our behalf. I'd say that makes him a little bit special compared to the rest of us. Wouldn't you say so? I think so. Note, like I said before, not only the Spirit of God, but also God's angels are capable of producing great miracles, signs, and wonders. How many of us over the years have read portions of scriptures like these without asking ourselves, mm, are we asking ourselves this question, this key question, how in the world did this happen? How did this take place? How in the world did God do this? Yeah, it says by faith. Mm. Yet, most Christians are unaware that faith is the only law or avenue that puts God to work uh, via his spirit and angels in order to accomplish great exploits for his kingdom upon the earth. I believe many times that the spirit and angels work closely together, co-laboring in order to get certain things done. Not all the time, but I believe many times they work together. I believe angels are submitted to the Holy Spirit, to the headship, to the lordship of the Holy Spirit, because that's how God the Father, through Jesus, uh, gets his orders over, his instructions over to us, but also, well, us, by the Spirit who dwells inside of us, 
and by the Spirit when he's working out there in the invisible realm and the visible realm, in the sense of on the earth, yes, but the unseen realm by angels. There was so much more that we could have covered regarding the vital role of the Spirit in the Old Testament, but I did not want to get too sidetracked because the overall reason in having this conference in the first place was to zero in on the vital role of the Spirit in the life of a believer New Testament saint, uh, in which we're about to touch on in great details in <coughs> the coming days. I should have brought a glass of water with me. Oh, no. <coughs> As a teacher, I had no other choice in the matter but to teach to some degree the whole counsel of God, Acts 20:27, 20, as well as rightly dividing the word of truth, 2 Timothy 2:15, regarding such an important subject, laying a firm foundation, 1 Corinthians 3:10. Without getting into too many details, it's good to touch on key, some key aspects of some topic. Uh, of some topic, which we did starting back in the original creation, the fall of man, the fallen creation, as well as some key aspects regarding how, 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 how the Spirit was able to get some work done during the Old Testament times. And the next teaching will be on the Spirit's key role in the birth, the life and ministry of Jesus according to his humanity as the new second last Adam. Note, and on the last day, we will get into the life and ministry of the Spirit in the life and ministry of the church, the body of Christ, which began with Jesus as the head of the church. What we read in the four Gospels, yeah, read the four Gospels, uh, should be for today because it was found in the early church, book of Acts. Yet, today we have ministries, preachers, who say that the life of the Spirit is not for today regarding his giftings, his operations, which has had tremendous consequences on the church and its calling towards the last. They're called cessationists. Cessationism. We need to put an end. <laughs> we need to put an end to cessationism. Mm -hmm. That's a kind of a pun, uh, play on words there, right? But we do. We really do. Cessationism must cease to exist in the church. I just read a post the other day saying that demons don't exist today. You believe that? <laughs> wow. And this was from a so-called Christian. According to many, demons don't exist. Miracles and have healings don't exist today. Therefore, you should, you would need to ignore huge portion portions of scriptures to the point of saying that the spirit does not exist today. Yet most don't go that far. But basically, they're implying that. All of this will show up on that gray most of what we see in the world today is because of demons. Ephesians 6, very clear. Read the whole Bible. Holy Spirit is a spirit, obviously, but so are angels being spiritual beings. But I'm not sure if angels are qualified to cast out demons who are also spirits. I don't think so. It's always by the finger of God, by the Holy Spirit. Note, when I work with different nations online, I know I like to know a little bit about that nation regarding the good, the bad, and the ugly. This is part of being a missionary, apostolic missionary, I should say. But I would rather know things by the Spirit because He knows how to deal with all these issues. So I know that in Nigeria, which has to do with this conference we had, which was just by audio but still went great, Nigeria is known for its famous preachers, big churches, but obviously there is still something wrong because of all these other obvious issues causing all kinds of misery, especially for Christians. We must never lose sight of verses such as 1 Timothy 2.4, 
that it's God's will for all men to be saved as well as every saint needing to be equipped found in Ephesians 4.12. We will be looking at some of the key miracles Jesus was able to accomplish by the Spirit as in walking on water, multiplying food, turning water into wine, etc., etc. Since the Spirit is the one who created these things to begin with, since He is the one who was able to create the universe and planet Earth, the whole thing, mankind, in six short days. And most, if not all, these are available to the church today for those who have the faith for these. The Spirit created the first human body out of the dust of the ground. He can surely multiply food, and He can certainly give you body parts if you're missing body parts. Yeah, whether they're um, bird defects, whether it's amputations, whatever accidents, uh, coming back from war, disease, whatever it is. Why are we begging for food when we, when we can hardly have, when we hardly have any food left, when we could easily multiply what you have, saying this in context with those who look after the poor, the orphans, the widows? Yeah, this would speak volumes to fellow Christians and the heathens. Come on, let's get our act together, man. Stop begging for food. Get into the Word. Get faith and let God multiply the little that you have. Yeah. Jesus said it was far better for him to go, John 16, 7, so that the Holy Spirit could come and dwell in each one of us since Jesus could only be in one place at one time, unlike today. I don't know how the Spirit can be in all of us at the same time, but it's still the truth, all right? Jesus did everything by the Spirit as a man and not as God so that we could do those very same things as well since we are not God uh, nor little gods. We are His body as well as God's children and some of us are His sons. <laughs> in spirit, we're all sons of God. In our recreated spirit, in the new nature, we're all sons. It's the soul that gets in the way, the old man. Your pastor phoned me. I wrote this. I said that to the people there. I said, your pastor phoned me yesterday telling me that I have been causing some of you to think differently. Yeah, well, that's the whole point. As long as you're thinking differently in the right way for the good with these teachings. And this has greatly encouraged me because that is the mark of a true authentic teacher causing you to see things you've never seen that will enhance your walk with God. We need to see as God sees regarding his word thank you for your time and as i always finish my teachings i try i always say that you need to learn to what it takes to walk in the fullness of your sonship by learning to what it takes to walk in the fullness of the grace of god and of the faith of god because it is faith that gives access to the grace of god shalom and amen